Up on the show, we catch up with 2017 Comrades Marathon winner Camille Heron. Look ahead to the Deloitte Pretoria Marathon Challenge. Meet a mom who lives the fitness lifestyle for a great cause. Discover new tech with Steve while the cue ball gives us his Pirates 21k verdict. And we profile Planet Fitness Modern Athlete Running Club. Welcome to Run Hunter episode 4. We're picking up the pace and what a great week for running. It could be even better for you because stay tuned till the end of the show where I'll be giving away a brand new pair of Puma running shoes. Now, I spoke about a great week. Kenya's Elliot Kipchoge, who last September broke the world marathon record, was honoured at the Laureus Sports Awards. He was nominated for Sportsman of the Year. He didn't quite win that. He lost out to tennis star Novak Djokovic, but he did claim the Laureus Exceptional Achievement Award, and spoke to the adoring crowd in Monaco after collecting his statuette. Or a sporting wall is a peaceful wall. A sporting wall is a healthy wall. A sporting wall is a wealthy wall. A sporting wall is an enjoyable wall. Thank you very much. What a champion. Now, his time, by the way, in Berlin was 2 hours, 1 minute and 39 seconds. Speaking of times, the Pirates 21K took place this past weekend, Joburg's toughest 21. Congratulations to Joel Mone from Nedbank for winning the men's race in a time of 1 hour, 8 minutes and 27 seconds, while Carla Molinaro from Nedbank was the first woman home in a time of 1 hour, 27 minutes and 8 seconds. Now let's see who will be coming out on top in the big race this weekend. Gonna hit the ground running. In Gauteng, not in Joburg this time, we're moving over uh, across the Yuxka and we're going over to Pretoria. It's the Deloitte Challenge Pretoria Marathon, always an eagerly awaited event. And with me on the line is race director for the race, Leon Hansbeck. Leon, thanks for chatting to us. Excited for the weekend. Oh, I can't wait. I tell you what, this has been eight, nine months in, in the making and uh, every year this time in the Gauteng, I think a lot of people are anticipating the Deloitte simply because, one, it's a Comrades qualifier as well as a Two Oceans qualifier. Last year, we had 10-odd 10, 10 thousand runners. We're trying to break the 11,000 this year, Derek. 10,000-odd runners. That's a massive number for a local race. And you say you're trying to break the 11,000 barrier. Are entries still open? And if so, how do uh, people get uh, to, to entering? How can they go about doing it? Uh, Derek, the online entries are unfortunately closed uh, simply because of the volumes. So nobody would be able to enter online. There are still um, entries available at uh, four of our, uh, let's call them partner shops uh, within Gauteng. And, uh, and also uh, Friday and Saturday at the venue from 11 o'clock to 6 o'clock. Um, all runners who still haven't uh, entered are more than welcome to to come and enter. I can mention the the, the four shops. Go for it. They are the the two sweatshops, uh, Dunkeld and Bedford View in Johannesburg. Then obviously the sweatshop in South Downs, and then here in Pretoria, one of our favourites, Runaway Sports up Linwood Road. They're the four shops that are still available with entries. So uh, all those runners who. <laughs> probably woke up a little late, can still do it until Wednesday. After Wednesday, um, the shops will not have any more entries and they will have to come to the running club at Phobians 
uh, Friday and Saturday, as I said, from 11 o'clock the morning until 6 o'clock the evening. We'll have teams there ready for them. Yeah, I'm one of those that woke up a little too late, so I'll make sure to, to get to one of those stores uh, if I if I can manage to, to make it across to Pretoria on Sunday. I hope I do, because I've never taken part in the Deloitte Challenge Marathon yet. And tell us a bit more about the race. How long has it been going, and, and who hosts it, uh, as far as the running club's concerned? Well, Derek, this, this particular race has been running well over 20 years in Pretoria. Um so we've actually we've actually um, registered the race um, from a Pretoria High School old boys perspective, so that irrespective of the sponsor, it will always remain um, the Pretoria Phobians, um, you know, the club that's um, managing it and organising it. So uh, we've been doing it for quite a while, and um, this year is no exception. The route hasn't changed; it's the same as last year. It's a forty-two two-lapper and the 21, then the 1, and then obviously the 10-kilometer run and walk. So uh, it's been around for a long time, and I must say that uh, we've had awesome, awesome buy-in from the community. Every year they come out to support the event. Um, The local folks where we run through the different areas are absolutely, on a Sunday, I think they're very forgiving because having 10,000 runners on the route is, is not very nice on a Sunday morning when some of the folks want to nip off to church or do their usual thing on a Sunday. But I must say it's been absolutely fantastic the last 20-odd years, and we're hoping to do it for another 20 if possible. And if I'm not mistaken, the Bulls are off to Argentina, and I think they're playing in the early hours of Sunday morning. So given that it's in Pretoria, you'll have a lot of people trying to get a little bit of sleep in between a possible Bulls victory, given how well they're playing, and then being able to hit the road for, for a good 42K or, or 21 or, or even a 10. Yes, no, quite so. And, and the nice thing about um, Pretoria High School Old Boys is that we have a number of subsections that are also involved with the race. You know, we've got a soccer section and a squash section and cricket and bowls and so on. And I must tell you that they're all taking part this year. We've probably tried to get as many participants from the club side as possible. So those uh, bulls who may have got up early, come around. You know, we've got coffee happening. We've got pancakes. We've got the full spectrum of uh, vendors on our site. So I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome Sunday, to be honest. Now, you mentioned it's a 42K double lapper or a single lapper if you're doing the half marathon. Now, it starts at the corner of Linwood Road and Atterbury Road. You don't need to talk us through every kilometer like I explained to every guest that we have, but talk us through a bit of the route. All right. No, the route, uh, I think the route for the 10 is quite simple. It's run around in the Brooklyn area, so that's uh, fairly uh, flat, lots of shade. Hopefully it's not going to rain. The weather's going to be good on Sunday. So the 10 kilometers, the standard 10 kilometer within the Brooklyn um, Linwood region, so that's fine. The 21 and the 42, we actually start, as you said, corner of Linwood and Atbury. We, we, we run up towards um, past Menlo Park High School, and then we move into Waterkloof. And then there's a long uphill stretch that runs from um, the bottom of, uh, let's call it, I think it's Lawley and Sydney, and you run all the way up towards Klapakop, um, what they call now the military college, I think it is. And then you run down on the other side in the um, nature reserve of Klapakop. And hopefully early morning, the runners will see a couple of zebra and wildebeest and so on, which is which is quite awesome. And then you run down that hill and then you hit the R21 towards Pretoria and you hit George Starrard to the right. And then you come back um, past the SABS and you run then through uh, Boys High. Obviously, we've put that as part of the route because we're part of the Pretoria High School Old Boys. And then they run through um, uh, Linwood again and back through um, past the club and off they go again to the next 21. Oh, it sounds magnificent. And of course, Pretoria Boys High, I mean, from my recollection, and I've got quite a lot of family that are involved with the school as far as uh, students and teachers are concerned. I mean, it's one of the the prettiest schools that you'll find in South Africa. Oh, very much so. And I mean, I tell you what, every year they have pipe bands, they have uh, the photographers actually assist us and they take pictures of the, the runners and so on. And there's actually a competition where um, the photography section at Boys High actually then present their pictures um, at some point in the year for prizes and so on. And uh, Pretoria High School, Old Boys, us as a club, 
we donate money to the photographers to actually um, continue the good work that they are doing as, as students as well as budding photographers. So the relationship between us as a club and the school is absolutely together. There's Every year we do all sorts of good things. We actually um, have the, uh, the kids over or the students over. Um, we've even got a running coach, Lynette Fisher. She's absolutely brilliant. So the kids can learn how to run, whether it's cross-country, track, field, and then obviously road and trail running. So we've got quite a lot of programs running every year for the club as well as for Boys High. So it's not just a race. It's almost a, a festival of fitness and fun. It sounds absolutely terrific. Leon, final question. And, you know, we've chatted to a couple of race directors over the last few weeks, uh, previewing big races that are, that are to come. And given the current state of the economy, a lot of them have suffered by losing their naming sponsors. And I, I think it's great to see and it certainly is testament to how good an event you guys put on at the fact that Deloitte are still there loud and proud. Um, Derek, to be quite honest, uh, what, what has happened over the last couple of years, Deloitte um, uh, being our, let's call them the, 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 key, the key or prime sponsor, we actually review the arrangement on a year-to-year basis, and we've been doing that for a year or two now. And at the end of this race coming Sunday, We'll probably go through a process again of determining or you know, having a look to see whether Deloitte will still be part of us uh, next year. However, should they decide for commercial or other reasons not to, to, to continue with the sponsorship, and as I say, you know, this is not uh, our fait complete. We always go through it on a yearly basis, see how the thing has been working and so on. So if they are not available next year, we've already got some plans in place. We've actually started to speak to a number of potential other sponsors and, uh, you know, talking to you, if there are any sponsors out there that are willing to, you know, link their name to Pretoria High School Old Boys as a club as well as the school, you know, um, you've got my details. They're more than willing, uh, will, um, welcome to give me a tinkle. But as we stand right now, we're quite happy to have Deloitte on board. They've been a key sponsor for the last 20 odd years, I believe. And uh, hopefully we'll still have them next year. Great to hear. Leon Hansfake, thanks so much for chatting to us. Best of luck on Sunday, and uh, yeah, we'll see you out on the road. 100%, Derek. And just by the way, if you give me a tinkle before Sunday, um, I'll even get you an entry. How's that? Oh, that sounds fantastic. Thanks so much, Leon. I really appreciate it. Cool. Well, there are plenty of other races coming up over the next few weeks. Be sure to check out runnersguide.co.za for all the details. Just picking out some big ones from there. The 3rd of March sees the Cape Gate Vol Marathon take place. On the 9th is a massive one. It's uh, one of the toughest out there, the PWC Cosmos 3-in-1. And then on the 16th of March, you can make your way over to the K-Way Gallopers 15 and 5K. Those are just a few of the many that are available, especially in Gauteng. Now, speaking of big, let's move on to our big interview. Gonna hit the ground running. Now, South Africans have won three of the last four Comrades Marathons in the women's competition, and the foreigner who sits slap-bang in the middle is Camille Heron <laughs> from the USA. Now, she captured her first Comrades title in 2017 with a brilliant run. Of course, if you win a Comrades, it's always going to be a brilliant run. She finished the up run in a time of 6 hours, 27 minutes, and 35 seconds. Of course, the Comrades is just but one race on her very busy calendar as she travels the world making magic by foot. However, she suffered a terrifying accident in the States a few months ago, a few weeks ago, in fact. Um, And we're privileged to have her on the line. Camille, great to have you uh, chatting to us. And uh, yeah, first and foremost, um, geez, uh, apologies for what happened. And we're just really glad that you, you got through it relatively unscathed. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. And yeah, I've had quite a eventful past month and couple of weeks here. So, <gasps> Tell us, I mean, uh, obviously it's, it's not great to look back on, but uh, what exactly happened with the accident? Yeah, uh, it was pretty crazy. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing to think that your life could end at any moment. And um, I mean, I was just driving my usual safe route going to work. And I normally, um, I normally take this route at, rather than the highway just because I, I figure it's a little bit safer. 
Um, and even like that day that I was going to work, I thought about taking the highway, but I ended up taking my usual route instead. But um, basically, I was going uh, southbound on, on this road. And there's all these side roads that you can that can cut across the, the main road. Um, and so a gal, she didn't see me, and she went to go across the road from the side street, and she just plowed right into my car. And um, she was actually driving with a suspended license, so she wasn't a good driver to begin with. Um, but yeah, the force of her car made my car flip over and my car landed in the median between an oil rig and a concrete wall. So, um, yeah, it was pretty much the fright of my life. Um, I was pretty much stuck in my car and it felt like I could feel heat. Um, I thought my car was on fire and I was having trouble breathing. And um, for a couple of minutes there, I thought I might suffocate in my car because I, I couldn't get out and I'm stuck upside down. And and I was I was very fortunate that when my car flipped, I actually bent my body over sideways uh, to protect my head because my car, the top of my car was crushing in on me. And, um, yeah, and then, and then once I, the, the, the windshield blasted, so I had all this glass come at me and, um, and then once my car finally stopped and I realized I was alive, I, I realized, oh my gosh, I better get out of my car. It could explode any moment, you know? And so, um, fortunately, uh, uh, somebody, somebody came and opened my passenger door and I was able to crawl out and, and realized that I was alive, my legs are okay. Uh, but I was just really, really shaken from it. So, yeah, I've I've actually seen the photo of of the car afterwards. I mean, it, it looked like a crumpled mess. Uh, I think it's a, a great advert. Is it a Subaru? Yeah, I yeah. Thought so. I, uh, it's I a great advert the- for for Subaru for the, the fact that you came out of that and uh, relatively injury free. Yeah, I, I, man, I feel very, very blessed. I mean, there's so many things that went right with it. And um, even, I mean, we were, I, we had a new car. It was a new Subaru and we had the, um, the Starlink system hooked up. Um, so, so immediately when my, the accident happened, my car called Starlink, um, the emergency service. And um, I'm I'm stuck upside down in my car with somebody trying to talk to me on the phone. And, um, and yeah, I mean, they were able to send the emergency crew and, um, it all happened really fast. I, I got to give credit to Subaru for making a well-made car and also that Starlink system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely concur. As mentioned, uh, just looking at that car and the fact that you came out of that relatively injury free, uh, and it was relatively injury free. I mean, uh, any, uh, repercussions from the accident physically? Well, um, I mean, other than the, the, it's been a huge emotional toll on me. I mean, I've, I've definitely had moments where I've been out running and, um, I mean, I just feel so grateful for my life and what I can do. And, um, it feels, it's almost like having a rebirth whenever you have something traumatic like that happen. Um, but yeah, as far as physical pain, I mean, I've, I've still had some neck and back pain and, um, in fact, I, <laughs> I, I've been to my doctor and my chiropractor and um, my husband, we have a massage table at home, so I've been getting massages on my back. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, my legs have been fine and um, I've, <laughs> I went over to New Zealand and won 100 milers, so <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty lucky with, with everything that happened, so... Yeah, I wouldn't say lucky. I, I think talent plays a massive role. And, and that's what that was leading me into my next question. Because, I mean, most people after enduring such a, 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 a hectic uh, tragedy, um, they would probably curl up in a ball or relax at home, try and take a few weeks off. That wasn't the case with you. Off you went to New Zealand, took part in a race. Not only took part, but you went on to win it. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy because you know that the accident happened um, on a Monday, and um, we had this trip to New Zealand planned, leaving on a Saturday. So, and um, that week, I mean, you know, we're trying to make sure that my body's okay, and um, and just emotionally, you know, asking myself if I could handle going and taking on a hundred miler. Uh, but I, I just figured I, I got to keep on living, like I got to keep doing, you know, what I'm. And what my body is meant to do, and and I, it was actually a really great opportunity to um, get away from here and um, kind of 
relax a bit. Uh, and so, yeah, New Zealand was a pretty great place to go to, to get away and to enjoy ourselves. So um, I'm really glad I did it. And um, and since I've come back home, like I feel pretty rejuvenated from it. So. Yeah, without a doubt, New Zealand, one of the most beautiful countries in the world. And I think if you do want to escape something so harrowing, that certainly would be <laughs> a great place to start. The Tarawera 100-mile endurance run, you did it. In a time of 17 hours, 20 minutes, and 52 seconds, it took place in Rotorua, a beautiful part of that country. And it was you did it in record time as well, setting a course record. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I, I'm trying to get into the, the longer race distances and um, into more trail running. So I had set the 100-mile world record on a pancake flat trail. And so this was my first time to, to go on a more technical type of trail. Um, and yeah, I mean, we just felt like the timing was right for me to do it. I mean, I'm several months away from comrades and Western state. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a nice place to get away. And um, because we're, we're in our winter time right now and, uh, over in New Zealand, they're, they're just at the, the tail end of their summer. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it was a nice place to go and to, to get my first more technical hundred miler under my belt. I love how you just skipped through the fact that uh, you set a world record not too long ago. We've got to talk about the Desert Solstice Invitational. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I laugh now that I, I've been doing all these longer races um, since I won Comrades, and uh, it's probably going to feel like a bit of a sprint when I come back to Comrades. I'll, I'll be like, wow, this is really short. Uh, but yeah, I, I started getting into the, the longer ultras. I ran my first 100 miler at Desert Solstice, or not Desert Solstice, actually, uh, we're, we're, we're forgetting a couple of races there. I actually ran my 100 mile world record at, uh, Tunnel Hill 100 a year, uh, just over a year ago. Um, and, and so yeah, I went to, I, I've been trying to get into the longer races and I, I'm doing quite well at it. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds that, but, but tell us about the world record run. I mean, it- I can't yeah. fathom. I mean, obviously in South Africa, we, we continually talk about comrades being the race. And of course, you, you would vouch for that. But I mean, you get these massive races. You're talking about 100 miles. And I mean, we always measure things by kilometers. So you look at uh, yeah. the comrades, you look at 90Ks. Jeez, you're talking 100 miles. And, and now you're talking a different world. Is uh, I it's it's kind of going into unknown territory when you get into a hundred miles and beyond, uh, and so so yeah, I, I just I just went for it, and uh, I I kind of had I kind of had an idea what I thought was possible just based on what some of the men that I've competed against before. Um, I had actually competed against Zach Bitter who holds the American record for 100 miles. And he's actually, uh, he's run comrades before. I, I don't remember how I did. I think he was maybe like 20th or 30th place. Um, but but yeah, I, I had raced against him for 50 miles. And so just kind of using the differential between him for 50, I kind of predicted what I could run for 100, uh, which, which was over an hour faster than the previous world record. Um, and so everybody thought I was a little crazy to, to go for that. But at the same time, like, you don't know what's possible until somebody tries. Um, so, so yeah, I ended up, I ended up running 1242 and, uh, broke the world record by over an hour. <laughs> which, which is pretty darn amazing. <laughs> no, it certainly is. And I love the way you laugh about it. Now, I mean, what is the shift like going from, a marathon to an ultra marathon to, to something as long as a hundred mile. I mean, how does your body manage to adapt? And also how do you look after yourself out in the road? I mean, you've gone past that threshold of the, the 90 or 100 kilometer mark knowing full well, that there's still plenty of running ahead of you. <laughs> that, that's a great question. Um, when I ran tunnel Hill, it's a, it's a 50 mile course that you have to, you do these out and back um, and you do it twice. So I, I got through 50 miles, which, you know, is a little bit short of the comrade's distance. Um, I got through 50 miles and I, and I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, I have to do this all again. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I, you know, you don't, you don't know it's possible until you try. And um, I, I guess the biggest difference, um, I mean, I did have a marathoning background. And when I got into ultra running, that was pretty scary. And, and 
uh, it, it takes a bit of courage to, to step up and race distance. Um, but I, I joke that um, when, when I ran my first 100K, it was kind of like Billy Elliot doing ballet for the first time. <laughs> it was kind of this, it was kind of this epiphany of, oh, I think I'm, I feel like I'm meant to do this. Um, so, so literally from my first 100K, um, I broke all kinds of records. And um, one of the records that I broke was by Ann Trayson, uh, who, who won Comrades twice. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I kind of knew I had found my niche and kind of what my body's wired to do. And, um, you, you know, I started out with the, the 50 mile 100K distance and, uh, racing comrades, which is 87 to 90K. But, but to go into 100 miles, um, I think it becomes more mental. And um, the further you go, because you're, you're basically depleting your whole body in terms of muscle fatigue and mental fatigue. And a lot of it is just training your mind and, um, being able to continue to be in Inspired and um, to use your mind to help w- will your legs. Um, so I would say the mental aspect is the biggest difference, and then also the the energy metabolism. Um, I, I find that I I hit a point when I'm going these longer ultras where I have to start taking in more calories. Uh, so it's a it's a fine tuned process of trying to take in more calories, but at the same time not taking in too much and making yourself sick. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's really about being in touch with your body and, uh, trying to provide the energy it needs, trying to go at the right effort for you and, and then the, the mental aspect. So I enjoy the fact that you keep on speaking about comrades, uh, I'd have thought maybe <laughs> when you're traveling the world and taking on these massive races, you might've thought, oh, well, uh, the race back in little South Africa is small fry now, but, but that's certainly, <laughs> it doesn't sound like that's the case. Talk us through your comrades no. experience, uh, obviously the win yeah. in 2017 and also just in general coming to South Africa, taking part in, in what arguably is uh, one of the biggest races in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, comrades, uh, I, I laughed that after, after I won comrades, uh, it was, it was kind of like, well, where do you go from there? I mean, it's the biggest, most competitive race in the world. And I actually, I mean, it was my number one life goal. And after I won it, I literally had a moment where I was like, I could retire now. <laughs> I, I could retire. Like, where do you go from there? And so I actually had to start um, writing down the rest of my life goals, um, which included all these world records. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've actually done quite a bit since I won Comrades. Um, but at the same time, like, I mean, there's, there's nothing more exciting than, than every year, you know, trying to, trying to go back to Comrades. So I'm, I'm very, very much looking forward to it. Um, but as far as explaining my comrades' experience, um, yeah, I've, I, my first running book was Lore of Running by Timothy Noakes. Oh, wow. So I, my, my dad, I got to give credit to my dad because um, he has a pretty good eye for books. So back in 1995, when I was in the seventh grade, my dad got me the book Lore of Running. And I'm reading about like Bruce Fordyce and Arthur Newton and like all these like heroes of comrades. And, and it was, it was hard to wrap my head around, you know, I'm, I'm only 13, 14 years old at the time. Like, how did they go that far? <laughs> uh, but I knew, I knew someday that I, I mean, I wanted to run the marathon. I wanted to do ultras and the only ultra I knew about really was comrades. So, uh, so yeah, for me to, to finally like, you know, make that, make that move going into ultra running. And, and I, I mean, I had no idea I had this ability. I mean, I just wanted to, to run comrades, let alone win it. <laughs> uh, so, but, but yeah, I mean, I could appreciate the history of comrades and, um, I mean, I've read so much of it my whole life that, um, it, a lot of people, a lot of athletes internationally, um, like especially in America, when they think of ultra running, they think of trail running. But but to me, when I think of when I thought of ultra running, I thought of comrades. And so, um, so yeah, I'm, <laughs> I have just as much of a love of it as, as the people over in South Africa because I, I I've read so much of the history on it. Um, but but yeah, going into 2017, um, I actually had I actually tore my MCL. 10 weeks um, before comrades. So I had a bit of an injury 
there was a big question mark on whether I would even be able to toe the line. Um, so yeah, I feel very fortunate that I was able to, to rehab my knee and to get myself back training. And, um, I tell people that I, I, I wasn't, maybe I wasn't the fittest or the healthiest I could have been, but, um, I had a lot of heart when I, when I ran it. And, um, it was my heart that helped me to win the race. And, um, yeah, I feel very blessed to, to have done that. Uh, we're very grateful to your dad for not having given you alpine <laughs> alpine skiing for dummies or something when you were very young. Uh, <laughs> very grateful for you to be able to take part here in uh, in South Africa for the comrades. And uh, looking at 2019, um, what uh, what big races do you have ahead uh, prior to comrades? And and you'll be going in theoretically as the defending champion in the uprun uh, because of course we had lost yeah. it down. Now it's back to up. And 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 would you say that you're feeling stronger than now? Or, or this year than you did oh, yeah. two years ago, and, and that's scary for your competitors listening. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely scary. I mean, I, I I remember after I won, and people were talking about they were like, "Oh, her time isn't that good." But when you consider that I had only been training for eight weeks, and I had I had torn my MCL, and um, I was definitely not in my fittest and healthiest state at the time. Uh, and so I, ever since then, um, I mean, I've gotten way fitter. Like it's been really shocking to look at the workouts I was doing, uh, just before comrades and then looking at what I'm doing now. And um, I mean, I definitely think thinking about like my, all my world records and, and thinking about my fitness I was in when I was in peak state back in 2015, um, when I set the 50 mile world record, um, I'm starting to I'm starting to get back into that kind of shape where I could potentially contend for the the course record on the uphill course. And so yeah, do you hear that? That's that's the sound of your competitors throwing away the entries now. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I'm definitely in much better shape. I mean, just looking just look at the training I was doing uh, before my hundred miler here. I mean, I'm I'm in at least. 10, 15 minutes better shape than I was um, two years ago. Uh, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be building up to June now. And I mean, I think I'm definitely going to have a shot for the course record. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to do my thing. I, I mean, for me to go run after running all these really long ultras and stepping back down, it's probably going to feel really short and easy to me. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to coming back and uh, seeing what I can do and try to go for that course record. Well, an ominous warning set out uh, to the competitors uh, <laughs> of Camille Heron taking part in the 2019 uprun in the Comrades Marathon from Durban over to Peter Maritzburg. And, and finally, Camille, you spoke about it earlier. Despite all the running, despite the accident, despite the training, you still have a job to do. As a professional, and you said that that's in fact where you're off to when you're driving and, and you had the accident. I mean, how do you manage mm-hmm. your time, and, and what do you do on a professional level? That, yeah, that, those are great questions. Um, so, so yeah, I do have a day job, and I actually worked it out. And um, so, I, I used to work full time uh, as a research assistant at the University of Oklahoma Health Science Center. Um, and so my, my job, um, I went to grad school and I was trained in bone imaging techniques. Um, so I have a very specialized skill that I do. And um, I, I basically worked it out with my boss two and a half years ago. And that, that I kind of work more part-time hours now, um, which gives me the flexibility with my training um, when I need to take time off and um, maybe go travel or, or go places to train. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky that I do have, um, I've kind of, uh, made my job a bit more flexible and, um, but, but yeah, as far as, um, how I balance my, my running with my, <laughs> my running with my job, um, I mean, it, it's really about just, just trying to meet, make sure I'm meeting my energy and hydration needs while I'm at work. Um, I mean, my, my usual schedule is I, I do my, my training in the morning time and I go in during the afternoon to do all my, my imaging stuff. Um, and so I'll work a couple hours in the afternoon. And I mean, I try to make sure that I have enough, I have like a water bottle and I uh, have some snacks with me. Um, and then, and then I usually come home and take a nap and have some tea. And I actually do the bulk of my training during the evening time. 
uh, which is, I'm, I'm a bit of a night owl, so I kind of like to squeeze in and, and take it easy in the morning time. And then, um, yeah, I do. I end up doing the bulk of my training um, kind of late, like after 8 p.m. in the evening time. Um, but that that's worked for me for many years. And so, um, yeah, you just kind of have to do, you know, what, what feels right to your body. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I'm able to balance my, my day job with my running and to be able to, to thrive at both. Yeah, I've got first-hand experience of that regarding you, uh, like uh, enjoying sleeping in, because I've been dealing with your husband, Connor, in terms of <laughs> arranging this interview. And I said to him, brilliant, we'll do it at 8 a.m. your time today. He goes, no, 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 Camille will be fast asleep then. Um, uh, yeah, we'll do it a little later. So thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Uh, keep, uh, yeah, we, we sure. can't wait to see you in South Africa. Um, keep driving that Subaru when you're not, dri- uh, when you're not running. And uh, yeah, keep breaking records. We, we're really excited to see how you perform as you defend your uprun title uh, at Comrades 2019. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm looking forward to coming back. And uh, barring any freak accident, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hope we'll have, everything goes according to plan. So. Excellent. Uh, as a South African, <laughs> I, obviously I want to root for the locals, but uh, yeah, you can't help root for someone who just <laughs> enjoys running so much and is, is just so darn good at it. So uh, congratulations <laughs> again on all you've achieved and, and here's to Thank many, you. many more titles, trophies and medals. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> what a performer. What an athlete. What a person. Now, while Camille runs races to win, the majority of us just do it to take part, including my next guest, who is an absolute fitness fanatic who lives the lifestyle to the fullest. Gonna hit the ground running. Now, it wasn't too long ago that we chatted to Shanae Bosman, who won her first Comrades Marathon a couple of years ago, over the age of 40, and she's looking to make it Comrades number two this year in 2019, and living up to the old adage that age is but a number. Now, if you're a fay with social media, Facebook, Instagram, you'll have come across a mother who's also an adventurer. In fact, her tagline is passionately living life through adventure. When she's not kayaking, she's mountain biking, she's running, she's trail running. You name it, she's either done it, she's doing it, or she's about to do it. In fact, I'm chatting to her right now where she's just finished a a mountain bike ride, if I'm not mistaken. Cindy Louise White, welcome to the show. Uh, Yeah, I, I absolutely love that tagline, and I was alerted about you by a couple of people in the running fraternity who said, you know, if you want to look for someone who just lives life to the fullest, but the fittest as well, she's the one. <laughs> well, that's just, I think they kind of oversold me there, but uh, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> so where exactly were you this afternoon? I, I am correct that you were out and about on some adventure or another? Uh, yes, I was mountain biking at Cradle Moon. I'm working on my technical skills. Your technical skills. Are, are there many skills that still need work? Uh, I mean, given the fact that you are active 24-7 almost. Well, at the moment, um, predominantly why I took up the mountain biking and the ride like a girl clinic was just to kind of increase my confidence on the bike. Uh, in adventure racing, you do a lot of it's a lot of single jeep tracks, so it's not very technical. But I do like to, um, you know, always better myself, uh, and I just love the technical trails that they've got there. Okay, tell us a bit more about yourself. I mean, it's not as if you just fell into this active lifestyle. It's been you've been doing it for, for quite a while, and there's no doubt about it that social media certainly spurred your interest somewhat in that. Uh, I mean, it has created an interest from followers, etc. I mean, I think your Instagram following is certainly growing and you are living up to the lifestyle that you try and promote. Uh, absolutely, yes. I, actually, it was December 2017 that a friend of mine, uh, they do the you know extreme mountain runs. So that's like 100 kilometers um, and over. And they said they were taking the month of December off to go, you know, and just play. So I joined them for cloofing and um, yeah, they they made me cry <laughs> and I realized in that moment just, you know, no matter how um, physically fit you are, um, you actually, even if you do know the area, um, you've got, you know, you're out in nature and anything can happen and you just realize that you're not fully in control. 
And the next day I woke up and I was so stiff and could hardly move. And I was just like, that was incredible. No, <laughs> so I, I just then decided to, to start getting into the trail running. And, and, and what's it taken? I mean, talk us through some of your adventures. Uh, what has been the toughest that you've undertaken? Uh, has it taken you to far-flung places? Are you constantly on the move? And, of course, you're also a mother. So you've got to juggle motherhood, uh, a career, on top of all these adventures. Absolutely. Well, I've, I've, I've never really overtrained, um, you know, for any specific event, and it's very um, varied. So I'm predominantly from a gym background. So I'll do three gym sessions a week. So then my daughter, you know, she's in the V-Club um, while I'm training. And then I'll get one trail run in around two hours and then about a two-hour mountain bike ride. And then I do a long swim, which helps a lot with cardio training um, without putting, you know, extra stress on the on the body. Yeah, certainly so. And, uh, of course, you, you do a lot of this um, in aid of other causes. It's not just for self-satisfaction. Yes. It's not just for self-promotion. Um, there's a whole bigger picture at play. Absolutely. I mean, within my immediate circle of um, you know, friends, I have three of their children to cancer. Um, so, you know, the children were all under the age of six. Um, you know, my daughter is seven and she's healthy. And, um, you know, I've sat with them and listened to their stories of you know, from giving birth to having them, you know, die in their arms. It's just, it's it's tragic. It's just so sad. Um, so a lot of the times, you know, it's physically I'm not sometimes prepared, you know, for the events that I do. But it's just, you know, I replay all those stories in my head and I'm just like, well, this is not going to kill me, you know, and I'm healthy. I have healthy lungs. I have healthy legs, you know. Um, I can do this. So I think it's more... That's what gets me through, you know, all of these, these challenges. I'm not just doing it for myself. It's to honor those who have lost their lives and then, you know, to the little warriors who are fighting cancer now. And advice to listeners that are, I mean, uh, I keep on saying it about the age is but a number. You, you're in your 40s now. You'd never say so. But I can imagine someone listening that is in their 30s even and they're saying, you know, I've never run, I've never done anything. Jeez, uh, you know, I, I, I've past the point of no return um yeah this is going to be my life for the rest of my life and, and that's certainly not the case i mean if you if you get up and go now within a day your life can change theoretically well absolutely and i mean on that very first cruising section that i went on to i mean i was bum sliding down hills you know i was absolutely petrified it became a little bit of a joke um, so now when, you know, when I do the kind of signature pose, it's like a victory and it's like, look, you know, my clothes are clean cause I didn't have to bum slide. So it was a joke. I used to, you know, I, I would scared, be scared seeing downhill and bum slide. And then I went to a few of the uh, trail clinics and just learned, you know, how to go down a hill, you know, safely. So, um, I would just say, look, I'm always, even though I consider myself fit, I'm always finishing last to second last, but I finish. I'm not doing it to prove a point, you know, um, to anybody. I'm doing it for a cause and just to just to be outdoors for anything from, you know, three to ten hours is just it's just feeds my soul, you know. So I really do it for a cause and it's just amazing to be outside. <laughs> Well, just speaking about those victory poses, scroll, scrolling through your Facebook page, I mean, it's littered, <laughs> littered with them. Um, I don't think a, a race goes by where we don't see a, a victory pose from you. For for those wanting to follow <laughs> your adventures out and about, how do they, they do so? Um, well, on Facebook, it's Cindy Louise White, and then Instagram is um, Cindy L. White 76. Fantastic. Passionately living life through adventure. Follow those handles and you'll see exactly why. Cindy Louise White, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, what's next on the cards uh, in the next uh, few days? So, what do you have planned? Uh, so, in the next, well, for the uh, next four weeks, I'm going to be doing the Darkest Northern Trail. That's 40 kilometers in the mountain. And I'm doing it for a little girl, Shania. She um, had, she's five years old. She had her arm amputated um, due to cancer. And unfortunately, now it's spread to her lungs and her legs. So she hasn't been able to walk um, since July last year. So I'm doing the challenge for her. 
Um, and then in May, I have a 120-kilometre, 24-hour adventure race. Is there something there or somewhere that listeners can contribute to the people that you're doing this for? Absolutely, yes. Um, I will be sharing the Backer Buddy page um, for Shania, for the little girl that I will be doing the the 40-kilometre um, coming up. I will be sharing that um, by next week with the Backer Buddy link. Fantastic. And, and you simply need to follow you on Facebook or Instagram for all the details. That's correct, yes. Excellent. Cindy Louise White, uh, I love what you're doing, and I'm sure that the people, the beneficiaries, uh, so too. And of course, your followers. Uh, It's so good to see someone who is passionately living life through adventure. Have a great trip to the Drakensberg, and we'll chat soon. Thank you so much, Derek. Gonna hit the ground running. Now, let's catch up with the man who, as a former club DJ, once made a dance track using nothing but the sound of his own heartbeat. It's our tech guru, Stephen Hill. The Tech Session with Steve Hill. Stephen Hill, what do you have for us? Hey Derek, well today we'll take a look at a smartwatch and its role in fitness or running tracking. Um, I was a Kickstarter backer, that's a crowdfunding platform for those of you who don't know what it is, um, of what is widely believed to be the very first mainstream smartwatch. It was an original e-ink pebble. I'm very proud of it. It's got a Kickstarter logo on the back and that was back in 2013. It's a wonderful, simple, functional watch. What did you, did you, give, hand, did you give money towards it? Towards the, the creation of it, yeah. yes. And hey, then cool. they sent me they sent me one of them the first shipping. So yeah. I was way back then interested in the gadgets and, and how they could work with uh, running. And this one tied in with RunKeeper at one stage. And uh, if I ran with my phone, I activated the running and saw stats on a smartwatch on my arm. Like I say, back in 2013, it was absolutely revolutionary. That's pretty in cool. In terms of that kind of thing. I never, you never uh, told me about watches. this. Yeah, well, now you know. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. <laughs> do, so do, then, do, do you still have it? Yeah, of course. That's awesome. Can I have it? Uh, you don't know how it works. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Yeah. So then came Apple and the Apple Watch, which launched in 2015. And the Apple Watch hasn't changed too much over the years in terms of the base interface and how you interact with it. It's got two physical buttons, which is also a problem for some uh, fitness freaks. And then it's an iOS-only device. There's no support for Android phones. And unlike Android's Wear OS that can leverage iOS phones to pair to their watches, Apple doesn't do that. They just don't like it that way. It's all Apple all the time. That's what makes them so big and so popular. They tie you into the Apple ecosystem, and it really, really works for them. In terms of the watch, if you go into the settings, you'll see many different, significant differences. Sorry, significant differences from the Apple Watch and most other fitness wearables. And one of the nice things about smartwatches is you have messages, you can tweak your messages, you can reply on your watch and little gimmicks really um, that aren't available for other iOS smartwatches. And that's helpful sometimes, especially if you're sitting in a meeting and you want to reply to a message that you shouldn't really have got or something like that. And watches like Garmin and Fitbit and those kind of things don't have it. And again, it's not any of their faults, it's Apple tying you into the ecosystem and, and not allowing them to customize Apple. Um, whether you use the watch for that feature or not, Apple is cool. It's, it's the entire connectivity and seamlessness that Apple has across the board that makes their watch stand out and others don't have it. And uh, in my opinion, Apple, the Apple Watch is the ultimate smartwatch today. It has been for a few years. But, and this is where it ties in with Run Hunter Ooh, there's a and the tech session. Does that mean it's the best all-round fitness watch? No. I honestly do not think so. Yeah. For example, something simple, it doesn't have sleep tracking. So every night I swap watches before I go to bed. My Garmin has sleep tracking. You get to know your sleep patterns. You get to see if something else is wrong. You monitor your heart rate while you're sleeping. Yes, the Apple can do that, but it doesn't give you in-depth analysis into sleeping. And that actually for... The serious runners is goes hand-in-hand hand with running performance. Also, when it comes to daily activity tracking, the unit monitors steps and heart rate, uh, as well as your standing time. That's a nice thing. It prompts you and tries to keep you active every day, and it increases the targets as you progress, which is good. 
it keeps you interested. And if you're competitive like me, you can challenge yourself to get better on a daily basis. The goal on your Apple Watch is to close all three rings. And each re- ring represents a, a different daily goal to reach. Move goal, exercise goal, and standing goal. Each goal differs, but if you complete all three goals, you get absolutely nothing. <laughs> yes, Vitality has partnered with Apple in South Africa, and I'm sure everybody's heard of the Vitality deal. And they assist you to buy the watch. You get the repayment free, and additionally, you earn rewards for meeting the targets. It's an innovative and incentivized way to attract consumers and allow techies like me to keep up to date with all the gadgets and gimmicks. Vitality also offers it on other products, just as a disclaimer there. So let's get to the running. You'll go ahead, you'll select a sport or activity that you'd like to do, like an outdoor running. The Apple Watch immediately gives you a three-second countdown. The three seconds on that is one of the controversial elements of the Apple Watch. It separates the Apple Watch from all the other fitness wearables, like Garmin, like Fitbit, like Polar. Because, and not in a good way, as soon as you get the three-second countdown, Apple wants it to be simple and easy, and it goes. Only then does GPS acquisition begin. So if you're running, you could be missing out on exactly where you are. The location isn't accurate. It just takes an average of where it thinks you were and and uh, to where you are when it tracks. So the, the initial part of any activity is an estimation, especially in a, in, if you're running, for example, in Johannesburg CBD or let's say Stanton CBD with tall buildings, it struggles. And if your phone isn't nearby, which a lot of people run without it, then the Apple Watch uses uh, its own estimation, which is not good for the for the real serious running fanatics. Uh, the other thing is the optical heart rate doesn't start immediately. It also takes a while to to settle. So your initial readouts of the heart rate are variable and fluctuating. However, having said that, the Apple Watch's GPS is known to be the most accurate once it does work. So there's always a little bit of one and a little bit of the other. Uh, and then if we look at at everything else in the Apple Watch with regards to the heart rate and the GPS, uh, the Apple Watch uses the accelerator to estimate the distance during that period. And that's where the inaccuracy comes in. And so for true tech fanatics, that's not sexy like the rest of Apple and like the smartwatch features that, that you expect with a high-end premium smartwatch. Um, also on the Apple Watch, you don't find things like recovery calculators or training loads. You won't find interval training or assisted training plans. It's not part of what Apple deems to be their fitness experience. Um, it's a rather large oversight if they want to take on the big names in true fitness uh, wearables. It's also worth noting that in Watch OS 5, which is the latest one released last year, the company added automatic workout recognition. If you start running it and, and you're using it for three minutes, it then takes everything that you were doing for the three minutes, starts an activity automatically, and includes that into it, which is a good feature in case you forget to start it. But uh, again, I don't think many people would do that. Uh, like I said, the GPS accuracy is fantastic, and, and that's actually sets it apart sometimes uh, it's very accurate for for runs when it works um, what else can we say about the Apple Watch I'm, I'm making it sound really horrible but don't forget I said it was the ultimate smartwatch uh, it has up to six hours time once using the GPS generally four and a half to five hours so if you're doing a marathon and you are on the cusp of qualifying for comrades which these days stands at four hours and 50 minutes you're not guaranteed that the watch is going to last that long on GPS mode. And I think for many people, that, that could be a concern either. So that's one of the main features. It can also play music. You can set playlists. You can do all that kind of general stuff. Like I said, it doesn't have uh, interval training. It doesn't have a race predictor time, a recovery advisor time. It can do the VO2 max estimation, which is something that other people are, are looking for these days to give you an idea of where your fitness stands. And the Apple Watch has evolved over the years, and it's probably going to get better and better and better, and, and you can expect a much improved product again coming September this year, 2019. Uh, but as capable as the Apple Watch has become, it's a tough sell for endurance athletes. That's simply where it stands. Be it the more limited battery life, the not always on-screen display, or the lack of many buttons to use, uh, which makes the use easier it's not likely to ever dominate the endurance market in its current form. As a side note, 
if you if you look at uh, Strava updates for recent Ironman World Championships as an example, not one single athlete out of about two and a half thousand uploaded a run or bike activity to Strava using an Apple Watch. I think that says it all. Um, if you're looking at qualifying for the Comrades, like I said, you're going to struggle with time on the watch. But if you have an Apple Watch and you're starting out as a social runner, it is the ultimate smartwatch. It will do the job for you. Don't go out and buy something else. Use it. If you're serious and focused on endurance, look elsewhere at other products that we'll review in the coming weeks. Our email is runhuntertech at icloud.com. Let us know if you'd like something reviewed. That's it for today. Bye. Gonna hit the ground running. From the hill to a massive hill, Pirates 21K took place over the weekend. And the man who took it on as part of his comrades' training was none other than Darren Cubal Brahm. Cubal's Comrades Corner. How's it, Derek? Yes, uh, Pirates 21. They call it Joburg's toughest half marathon, and there's definitely a reason behind that. Um, like I said last week, or I said last week, that my intention was to try and run the whole way at a slowish pace, but to, to try and run the hills. And clearly I had forgotten just how steep those hills were uh, from about the 7K mark. Um, the, the, the beginning part of the race was pretty, pretty uh, relaxing. A few little hills, but nothing that wasn't runnable. Uh, but when we hit that 7K mark, I tell you what, I was reduced to a walk. And then from a walk to a nearly a stand, standing still motion. Um, and I wasn't the only one. Everybody around us was, was taking strain up for those, those hills. Those hills aren't even normal. Uh, but we got to the top of the hill at Northcliffe. And then it's a, it's a, it's a nice seven kilometer stretch, which is pretty down, downhill. Um, well, it has to be once you've climbed so high. And yeah, we gunned it down there and made up a lot of time. So our, my idea for the, for the race was to try and do a sub-220, and I actually managed to do it with a couple of seconds to spare. So mission com- accomplished for the week. But yes, the, the, the race was tough. But a great race, great atmosphere. Um, really, uh, really a race that people should consider doing at least once. Um, but the hills have definitely scared me into thinking, what am I going to do for comrades? Because the hills at Comrades are just as tough and unfortunately it's not a 21 kilometer that I'll be running at Comrades but rather 87 kilometer. And uh, some of those hills are going to be just as steep and they're going to be put at 60, 70 and 80 kilometers apart. So yeah, I've definitely made a decision that I'm going to have to train on the hills. Um, I've got a marathon next weekend so I'm not going to push anything stupid this week and start doing hill training. But after the marathon my intention is to maybe do a hill training session once a week, uh, hill repeats, just to try and um, strengthen these legs for the, the hill climbs that Comrades is going to pose to me. Uh, this week so far, <clears throat> haven't been a good week. Went and ran, and I think Pirates 21 was still in the legs. So once I, had, I did a time trial last night, and I completely blew. So I've decided that I'm going to rest the rest of the week, taking it easy, and then on the weekend, do a little 20 with uh, Tech Steve um, once, and then rest on Sunday. Uh, so that's the plan for the, the week coming up. It's not much for me to do. And then I'm just continuing with my gym, gym work. And I find that that's definitely strengthening me still. So I'm happy about that. But yeah, it was a good, a good weekend. But so far the week hasn't been as great. So let's hope that come next week I've got better news that I'm training better. And I'm feeling better. Um, and we'll see how it goes. Gonna hit the ground running. Now for our Club of the Week, where two very well-known names in the fitness industry have joined forces. Planet Fitness and Modern Athlete. Club Commitments. Now, anyone that's a runner that's been out on the road for races, anything really, there's no ways that you aren't aware of Modern Athlete. It's the magazine that's been going on for years that has picked up subscribers, readers by the thousands. And it's going from strength to strength, so much so that it's moved from the pages, from websites onto the road. They've now started 
their own club. And um, lucky enough to have Greg Kench on the line, who's the club manager of Modern Athlete. Uh, Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, why Modern Athlete, the running club? Uh, hi, Derek, and uh, hi to listen as well. Uh, thanks for having us on. Um, I think uh, the running club and the partnership with Planet Fitness kind of made sense. It's a good fit. Um, Planet Fitness and Modern Athlete, uh, they, they basically joined forces to provide for Africa Runners are obviously part of a part of a running club that that takes that takes its lead from uh, the biggest running publication in the country, but also with the added advantage of being partnered with a great fitness partner in Planet Fitness, who are, who are growing countrywide. Um, in Planet Fitness, modern athlete is a club. Um, we want to be a club for for runners of all abilities. Um, whether you're just starting out uh, from park run. You can take a run to the next level, or you just want to support and, and friendship that comes with being part of a club. Um, then I think that's what what Fitness Modern Athlete is, is aiming to be. Obviously, Modern Athlete is a national magazine. No matter where you are in the country, you can get hold of it. But um, as far as the club's concerned, uh, you're based in Joburg. Uh, do you have to be based in jo- Joburg to be part of the club? Um, at the moment, uh, we got branches uh, with CDA and AGN. Um, and we have a long-term view is to expand the countrywide. But at the moment, we, we're looking at just, just getting things right um, in Gauteng for now. Um, I mean, we are perfectly up country with you. Partnerships have been going for, for a year. You know, there was a modern athlete club standalone, and the partnership formed last year with Planet Fitness. Um, and things weren't done 100% as we would like them to have been done last year. Um, and and we, we are aiming to get things right. We just scale things back a little bit, and aim to get things one hundred percent correct, and then we'll we'll expand countrywide. How does one go about becoming a member? Um, the easiest way at the moment for me to direct uh, people to become members is to go to our Planet Fitness Modern Athletes Facebook page, um, and simply click on the, the sign up button. Um, it'll take you through to our online registration portal. Um, as far as membership goes. We reduced our membership fee this year to, to 900 rand uh, for the year. Um, and we've got some great, so we kind of had some great benefits uh, to Planet to Fitness members as well as non-members. Um, and so we just started group runs at the, the Planet Fitness Mega Clubs in Kassing. So that's uh, St. Turing Gate, Bedford View, uh, Vardacliffe, Wanderers, and four ways on a Tuesday at uh, Hoppers 5. Um, and those runs are open to Planet Fitness members, Planet Fitness club members, Planet Fitness one active club members, as well as members of the public. Um, the only 5K run uh, for now, once a week on a Tuesday. And as popularity grows, we'll, we'll add to those. Um, we're also looking at, we're also looking at uh, monthly talks from industry experts, uh, which will again be open to, to the public as well. They'll be free for Planet Fitness Modern Athlete um, members. And then we're going to link that for non-members, for the public or any other runners. We'll, we'll link up with a charity. So as you all know, running shoes are, are getting really expensive these days. Um, so we'll probably do something along the lines of uh, NCC will be an old pair of running shoes and then we'll donate that to a charity um, as well. So so yeah, that, that, that's our sort of short-term plan as far as, as giving back. Great ideas in the pipeline. Uh, please keep in touch with regards to those talks, etc. I'd, I'd love to be involved maybe from a, a podcasting perspective. Maybe we, we take the show there one evening when you've got a, a very big name to maybe get involved. I think that would be a great idea. And uh, Perfect. Not from it all. Okay, thanks very much. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to get involved. And, and, and in terms of your long-term future, I mean, you say that you want to branch out, try go uh, national. Talk us uh, through your, your club colors. Uh, so our club colours is a, is a combination of um, obviously the Planet Fitness and Modern Athletes um, branding, which uh, is royal blue, navy blue, bright green, and turquoise. Um, and it's a really nice modern de- design in the vest. Um, and yeah, you can, you can definitely pick us out from the road. You say you've started your, your, your weekly runs. Um, is, are there plans for a bigger event in the pipeline? Of course, that's usually the obligation from clubs uh, to have one massive race a year. Is, is that the idea in the future? Yes, what we've done is um, we've partnered up with um, the AfriBiz Foundation City Run, um, which has been held on the 9th of March at the Mary Fitzgerald Square. Um, I'll put, uh, all the details will be up on our Facebook page as well. 
And the, the foundation, the Africa's Foundation, um, is in aid to support the million girls with um, sanitary dignity. Um, so their mission is to continue to create campaigns and support channels between corporate and public sectors to support these ladies with continued uh, sanitary health, which I think is a great initiative. Um, so yeah, we partnered up with them. That's on the 9th of March, um, in the Mary Fitzgerald Square. Wow, that is a great initiative. Uh, not only the fact that what you're running for, but also the run itself. It, it's a really, really good one. So exciting times ahead for Planet Fitness, the running club. Um, Greg, just uh, go through those details again in terms of website, Facebook, etc., and h- how people can get hold of you if they want to join up. So, so uh, Facebook is Planet Fitness Modern Athlete Running Club or at PFMA Running um, and then www.pfmaclub.co.za. Um, alternatively, you can email me on info at pfmaclub.co.za. Uh, or they can contact me directly on 084-824-0565. Excellent. Greg Kench, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, see you out on the road. Happy running. Perfect. Thanks very much, Derek. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Cheers. That wraps it up for the week. Thanks for joining us, somewhat belatedly, admittedly, but better late than never. Before we go, though, my friends at Puma have been incredibly good to me over the years, and their generosity simply never ends. They've kindly donated a pair of Hybrid NX, which only hit the stores on the 1st of March. They're designed for the everyday runner, and they retail for 1,699 Rand. Simply follow at Puma South Africa on Twitter for more info, or tweet me, at Derek Alberts one and tell me on what date do the shoes hit the stores. You could win for yourself a pair. Entries close on the 27th of February, 5 p.m. SA time. See you out on the road. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Run Hunter, brought to you by Radar Media.